Welcome back to the 90% Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Tyler Matthews. I'm excited for today's episode. This is our first time having a player-coach combo on the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Coach Duell Fighter here at Palm Bay High School and one of his former players, Malik Osetutu, who now plays in college. All right, so today's episode is going to be really exciting. We're going to talk um, just about basketball overall, but about the transition from playing in high school and coaching in high school to that transition of playing in college. And we'll see kind of what their perspectives are on being coached by the coach and, and playing for the coach, right? So um, how you guys doing today? Not bad. Great. Let's get to it. So let's start with you, Duell. Um, you've been coaching for how long? Uh, coaching here at Palm Bay, I was on the girls' side for about three years, and I just finished my fourth season as the head coach on the boys' side. Beautiful. And you guys just won your first district championship in 11 years last yep. year, right? Yep. Sweet. Yes, Congratulations sir. on Thank that. You. Thank you. That's got to feel good. It, it is. It is. And yeah. I, I was reading up on it your first year before you took over. So the year before you took over, the team went like 4-17? and 17. Yeah, it was a four-win team uh, the, year that I, um, the year before I took over. And then... Pretty much the same roster. You ended up winning 14 games? Yeah. So at the, the following year, um, there was a couple of players who, who changed. Uh, of course, graduation. And then uh, uh, most of the kids that were on the team were on the team the previous year. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so um, from a four-win team to a 14-win uh, team, it, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a turnaround. And uh, I, was, I was happy for the boys. Nah, and that's a great first year as, as being the head coach. So, And Malik, were you a part of that team? Uh, yeah, I was actually. You were? From sophomore to senior year. Sweet. So. And so, Malik, let's transition over to you a little bit. How was your time here at Palm Bay playing for Duell? Uh, it was great. I definitely had a lot of learning lessons and learned a lot of wise words of wisdom. Uh, as far as the mental game goes, he was definitely hard on our mental. Like, in-game, let's say you get a turnover, it's all about the next play or getting the next stop, next good pass, stuff like that. Beautiful. So being focused on the next play, not so much the pass. Yes. No, and here at the 90% Podcast, we call it the 90% Podcast because the game of basketball and the game of life, the way I see it at least, is 90% mental, right? It all starts with the mindset, and if you if you can get that 90% right, the, the other 10%, the other half, the physical part, takes care of itself, right? So making those mental choices of like play goes wrong the play goes wrong you have two ways to look at it right or maybe a million different ways but two ways that i see it positive or negative right and if you choose positive a lot of times the next play and the game is going to go in your favor if you choose negative then you're going to go down that negative spiral right so definitely and so coach let's hear from you a little bit what is your take on and your approach on teaching and um instilling the mindset and the mental side of the game to your players it's just kind of like what you said. Um, they have to understand that, I mean, being physical, uh, being tall, being fast, being athletic, those are all tools that, you can, that, that can help you. But if you're, not, if you're not thinking the right way, if you're not doing the right things, you're not making the right choices, I mean, it, it's pointless. Uh, so making sure that, that you're, you're staying on task, you're staying focused, you're, you're doing what you need to do, um, and putting yourself in a position to... Um, to to utilize your strengths. That that's what it's about. All, all that is preparation. That, that I mean, whether you're tall, short, fat, skinny, it doesn't matter. That all that's mental. Yep. And, and that helps you in your decision making process. And and like I always said, a basketball player is only as good as the, uh, the decisions he makes. Without a doubt. And I love that. And we're definitely going to talk on decision making as we keep going through this podcast. Um. So 
Let's talk, Malik. How was your first year of college basketball? My first year, my first year of college basketball was definitely an eye opener. You get there and you realize that there's some people that kind of won, and there's some people that are going to go out of the way to get it. So it's all about separating yourself from your peers and showing what you can do on and off the court versus everybody else. Sweet. And what would you say was the biggest difference between playing in high school and playing in college? Was it the speed of the game, the physicality? Was it practices? It was definitely the physicality. Like there's a lot of calls that you could get away with or get bailed out in a high school uh -huh. and then you get to college and it's like next play. Like they're definitely not hearing that. Yep. And then as far as pace goes, the shot clock was the most ridiculous thing that like came out of nowhere. <laughs> everybody, because we had all freshmen coming in, uh -huh. so everybody had to get used to that. Our first few preseason games, season openers, we had like three or four shot clock violations and they were all from our big men. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? There's yep. not really much I could do as a guard, but definitely the shot clock and the pace is the most difference, the most, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the biggest difference between high school, especially here in Florida, other states have a shot clock. Here in Florida, there's no shot clock. So a lot of times. Uh, yeah, it's coming. It should be. Yeah. I, I think it, if we're going to have it in college and the goal of high school basketball for the most part is to prepare for college. Yes. Why would yeah. we not, right? Yeah. So, so you agree we need one? Oh, yeah. So I, I think uh, schools are already prepping to buy. Um, and I think the mandate is coming, uh, I, I think, in the 24-25 season. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so. That'll be huge. Oh, yes, it I, will. I, it'll make me want to go to games more, I think, because yep. it, it speeds up the game. It makes it more competitive, and it it exposes weaknesses yeah, more, it, more yeah. than just being able to hold the basketball and little things like that. I, th I think it's going to show, it's going to show uh, who can coach. Yep. Um, <laughs> and and who, just, um, who is just coaching. So there's a difference. Sweet. And so how long have you been coaching here at Palm Bay? Uh, at Palm Bay, again, f four years on the boys' side. Um, before that, I was, uh, I was helping out on the girls' side uh, for three years. So. Sweet. And which do you like more, coaching girls' basketball or boys' basketball? Boys' basketball. Um, I, I love coaching girls. Um, uh, it, it, I think it was, it was an ego thing, to be honest. Um, on the girls' side, you can imprint your style more on the girls' Um, so if you, you could definitely, you can watch a team play and like, oh, that, they, that's their, they're, they're being coached by so-and-so. That's a coach fighter coach team. Um, on the boys' side, um, their athleticism and the speed of the game kind of outshines. And not to say girls aren't, aren't athletic, but, uh, but again, they're, the, the game is faster. Um, it's definitely more physical um, uh -huh. from top to bottom. Um, and it, it, kind of, it kind of outshines outshines your your style i mean at the course you still have you do what you do um but but yeah it, the the boys game is just again it's faster more high flying it's uh yeah no and i i completely agree and i don't think i had that perspective until i became a trainer or coach and then when you see it and you especially call, girls college basketball is like super fundamental and they're moving the ball and, and i always tell um, whenever i talk to the kids i'm like um if if you need to watch basketball that just like study you need, you need to study and the best thing to watch is is collegiate female basketball oh yeah ej's out there right now working those girls out exactly getting the girls right he's known for the uh getting high school girls to college around here so Malik, um, what's your take on watching film? Do you watch any film? I do. Um, I've definitely been taking coaches' advice on our high school games, like on our away games. I would actually watch a couple of the Division One women's basketball game with Elijah. He wasn't really tuned in as much, but, you know, it was definitely something to look into. Sweet. And Elijah is your son, right? Yep. 
Cool. And what school is he at? He's at Park University. So he'll go into his second year, his second season. He just left yesterday, so. And what school are you at, Malik? Northland Community and Technical College. Awesome. It's a JUCO in Minnesota. Cool. And, and Dwell, I'm guessing, but I don't know, were you involved in getting these guys recruited to college? Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I mean, one thing that, that all the kids that come here um, at least get to experience when, when they, they're all part of Palm Bay basketball, um, if you have any desire to play college basketball, uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you get an opportunity. Um, I love that. In, in four years, every senior that has expressed a desire to play college basketball and also dis, um, was willing to work with me in the process that, like, like you, I have templates. I, I've got all that type of stuff. Uh -huh. So if you, if, you want, if you want my help and you want um, to do it uh, the way that I do it, every, college, every senior that I've, that's come through this program has gotten an opportunity um, to um, an offer to play college basketball, each you, and every one of them. You guys heard it here first. He's not recruiting, but he is. That is a sales pitch right there that if you want to play at the next level, this is a great coach to play for um, because I think that's huge. And I think a lot of coaches overlook that. And I think a lot of players don't talk to the high school coach of the program or the school that they're going to. Right. And right. make sure of things like that. Right. Because and, and it's a, a lot of people don't understand that. So college coaching is, is very time consuming. And it's, it's very taxing. So, it, I mean, it, ask my wife. I mean, it, it takes a lot of time uh, to, to coach our high school basketball. Um, and some coaches are interested in coaching high school basketball, but uh, they're not really interested in what goes beyond that, um, what, what they're doing during the summer, what they're doing in the spring, what they're doing uh, as far as um, the, um, yeah, going to school. Yeah, it's a full-time job, pretty so, much. So some of them, uh, I mean, I've heard some kids say, hey, my coach said this isn't, this isn't his responsibility. True, it's not. But again, what, what I do and the reason why I do it, I mean, it, it, it is a bridge. I, I'm, I'm not trying to use these kids to get wins for Palm Bay. I mean, because three, four years down the road, it don't matter. Uh -huh. But if these kids can use basketball to get to um, get their college paid for, even some of it paid for, I mean, th that's what it's about. It, it's, it's, it's strictly about the kids. Yep. No, and it's a win-win because it, it – builds your program and it, it makes you feel good, I'm sure, as as a coach. And But then it also gives them that future of, of playing in yep, college. So, absolutely. Um, what was it like coaching your son? Um, <laughs> Elijah's unique. Um, he's a very driven individual. Um, I'll, I'll never forget. So we we went into districts. Um, my first year coaching, it was his um, sophomore year. We, we went into districts um, as a third seed. Um, and we were upset by a team that we had beat um, in this season. Um, but during that game and throughout the, the rest of the season, Elijah, he, again, he's an aggressive player trying to go into the hole. He would always, when, when the collisions happened, he'd always end up on the floor. He went out, Craigslist, bought himself a little weight bench. Let's um, get it. And he was like, I have to transfer my, um, transform my body because uh -huh. he, he, he wanted to be the, the one standing after those collisions. Oh, that's what's up. So, but, but that mindset is a good thing. I mean, again, um, Malik, Malik was built, um, cut from the same cloth. Um, having them kind of at the core of, of, like, when I start, I mean, through their senior year, um, it, it helped. But, um, yeah, coaching Elijah, like I said, he's, he's a real type A personality. Um, like, he, as going into his uh, senior year, uh, he worked with Gannon Baker, and Gannon 
awakened something in him. I love it. Um, Yen is the man. And uh, yeah, so the the projection was that he was probably going to average maybe 16, 17 points a game. He was almost averaging 25. Um, he finished the career as uh, as Palm Bay's all time leading scorer. Holy cow! Um, so, but 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 again, it was it was that mindset and that that drive that um, that kids like him, kids like Malik, kids like Jake Feliciano, kids like that, that have. And again, it paved the way for the for the success that we had last year. Yes. Like their senior year, Elijah and Malik's senior year. Uh, Again, we, we went we got to the district championship. Uh -huh. uh, nobody was expecting us to get to the district championship, um, and then we had satellite on the ropes. Uh, like I said, it, it kind of I still kind of get chills talking about it because going into the fourth quarter, uh, I think we were up like 14 points. Um, then uh, Elijah cramping, Malik getting um, a little bit banged up. Um, they took advantage. Uh, they seized the momentum. Even when we got them back in the game, they were like they showed that championship pedigree, and they were not relenting. And then uh, so we ended up um, the runners up um, um, that year. But and that was twenty twenty two. That was twenty twenty two. So, uh, but uh, what that did that that journey um, uh, that that entire journey um, paved the way to, to the success from last year. Yeah. A lot of those no kids doubt. that, um, that we had on, on last year's team. So between Malik and Elijah, um, we, we lost like 40 points of scoring. Um, so we didn't have two big guns last year, but we had a lot of powerful guns last year. So we, by committee, uh, we, we got the job done. And, um, again, we, we won districts and, uh, got to regionals and, uh, um, well, again, another thing that kind of, um, hurts. We had the number one seed on the ropes. Uh, we were up. We were up three last year, twenty twenty three in regionals. Yeah, yes, yeah. So uh, because the when we won, when we won uh, districts, um, and the number one seed lost in their district championship, but they were ranked so high that they got an automatic bid, yeah. and they were still the number one seed. But they had to travel here. So we had the number one seed here in in house. Um, we had them on the ropes. We were 130 seconds and three points away from uh, from probably one of the biggest upsets uh, in Brevard County has ever had. But uh, um, again, they 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 did what they needed to do, and we ended up losing by three. But um, but again, that that success was all built um, on mindset. On what these guys started. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and that's Absolutely. huge. Malik, how'd you feel not winning a district championship when you were here? Was it upsetting or were you okay with it? Or how'd you, know, you feel? It was definitely upsetting. You know, everybody sets goals for the season. And like I said, we weren't even expected or projected to be in the position that we were uh -huh. but to overcome what they were saying, but still to fall short from our goals. It still hurt. No, no doubt. It's never fun when you don't reach your goals and, and I'm huge on goals, right? Seed your goals. The limit does not exist is my tagline. Right. Like um, but I also think that it's a thing where if you don't reach your goal, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. Right. And so like in, in this case, looking back on it, are you able to see the perspective that Dwell has now where you guys set up the, and got the program closer to having that district championship in 2023? Oh yeah. Even as far as how we take the loss going into our next practice and preparing for that team again, is definitely a different, he definitely operates different and knows what he's talking about. Sweet. I love it. So let's transition a little bit, Malik. I was reading up on your bio. Um, I know I've seen you play throughout your high school career, um, but this is our first time meeting in, in person, I believe, right? Um, but I was really intrigued by you were a boxer growing up, yeah. right? 
You're not going to beat me up, are you? Nah. All right, he cool. Can't. No, yeah, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and are you still boxing or no? Uh, I was training earlier in the summer. I just do it for like footwork, conditioning, keep my body up to where it needs to be, agility, stuff like that. But no, I'm no more career in it. That's not. It's too damaging on the body. Yeah. So you're more. Um, are you all in on basketball now? 100. percent Beautiful. And then what about school? What are you studying in school? I'm going for liberal arts and sciences. Sweet. It's just a, like I said, it's a two-year school. Uh -huh. so when I transfer to a four-year, I'll be switching my major. Sweet. And um, do you feel boxing helped your basketball career at all? Yes. Uh, it was the first time I ever had a six-pack in my life. At that age, <laughs> I was very out of shape walking in, and it was very humbling to see other people my age already toned and ripped, and I was, you know, this big, fat kid that couldn't even do a mile without stopping. Uh -huh. So it definitely was the first eye-opener to the physicality levels. Even with my peers, like like I said, I was the only fat one out there, and everybody else was ripping and running, and I'm water break this and that. Yep. So no, but that probably fuel, fueled you, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing seeing um because I think that's huge, right? Is getting around the right people, right? Because oh, yeah. if, if if you're not where you want to be, and you're around other people that are also not where you want to be, by putting yourself around people that are where you want to be, it just immediately shows you that it's possible, right? Because they're another human, and so you just get in that room with them and you start thinking, acting, and operating the way they do, and you transform quick, you know what I mean, in under a year. That's a life lesson for, I mean, outside of sports. Yes. I mean, surround yourself with, uh, with, with, with the ideal uh, people are on the same mission that you are. And let's talk about that on the coaching side, because I know you're a part of a great organization with ECU, and I have the utmost respect for Emerson and EJ and what they've built in this community and getting uh, not only girls to college, but now on the boys' side, you guys are building that up. So what's that been like um, learning under them? Uh, it, it's actually been, I mean, transformational. Um, like Coach Emerson is, uh, uh, I mean, his wisdom, um, is just like, man, I mean, you, it's just, it just kind of flows out of him. Oh yeah. But, uh, but again, it, it's so easy to absorb and it makes so much sense right off the bat. Um, I, I remember when, when I first met them, um, so I, I was, uh, my, my oldest daughter, um, I mean, she was in fourth grade then she's about to be 22 here in a couple months, but, um, was playing rec ball and I was, I was coaching them. Um, I remember EJ walked into the gym um, and after the game, he was like, Hey coach, he was like, introduced himself. Um, and was like, um, I, I like what I saw with your girls out there. How long have you guys been together? And I was like, since November, now, it's, it's the beginning of December. <laughs> and he's like, he's like this November. I'm like, yeah. So again, like my philosophy and Malik can tell you, like we can win a game scoring two points. We just have to stop them from scoring more defense. than, yeah, yep. we have to stop them from scoring more than one. So like, um, and those young girls, they really couldn't play basketball back then. Uh, but we were going to be aggressive. We were going to play defense. Um, and we were going to be scrapping. Um, so then from there, uh, he put me in touch with his dad. And then that's how I came to, uh, it was the Titans back then. But that, I've heard, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. think I was around here back then. But Oh, yeah. So we, we, we converted over to ECU. But, um, but again, uh, we spent a lot of time talking, um, a lot of time uh, like learning and, uh, and just, it just, uh, just absorbing. I mean, that's me. I mean, I'm I'm, a, I'm an engineering by, uh, an engineer by um, by trade. Uh -huh. Um. So, uh, um, the science of what he was saying it appealed to me, and then taking that science and, and turning around and applying it, tweaking it for different players. Uh, it it was I loved it. I mean, it, it was I, I always loved basketball, but I loved um this 
this new learning. Yeah, the process of, of learning a, yes. a new way of coaching oh, and, yeah. and transforming lives ultimately. Because yeah. they, I think it's all just a chain, right? If oh, yeah. Emerson can pour into you and then you take what you like, what you don't like, tweak it, make it your own, find your personality within it, and then pass it on to players. And then those players are going to hopefully and ultimately transfer it to their brothers and sisters or when they become coaches one day. So, yeah. and, and that's the thing. So, I mean, so you, you have some kids who grow up to want to be players or others that want to be coaches. Like during the summer, um, like, again, I, I've been do, working with um, ECU for, for years now. Um, I, I don't coach that much during the summer. But I'm I'm the director on the boys' side, uh -huh. so what I what I try to do is help coaches kind of come up through the system the way the way I, I did. Yes. Um. Because again, that's that's just going to help the kids. Um. The more people we have that that have the uh, the understanding of how to, and again, so I'm big. So not all great musicians make good music teachers. So just because you know basketball and you can play basketball, yep, doesn't it doesn't mean make you you're a good. It. Um, coach or teacher. I agree. But understanding how to impart that knowledge onto especially young and developing kids, yes. that's important. A thousand percent. And I so, think it's a learned skill, right? I think it, it you, absolutely is. You number one have to learn the game of basketball, but then you can also learn the the teaching side and being able to transfer that knowledge. Malik, did you play any AAU growing up? I did. I played for under Coach Fighter from freshman year to junior year as well. What was your experience like with that? Um, definitely the biggest eye opener as far as how competitive and global basketball is. Oh yeah, no, it's like, crazy. You get in those like, gyms and there's thousands of kids and seeing like eight courts, all straight competition going on, and it's just like definitely it was very hectic when I first walked into an. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it is. As it's still hectic. Like when I go to those games and tournaments it's now they're fighting out there <laughs> unfortunately yeah. it is unfortunate no but i i think um doing that is one of the again we talk about getting in the room with the right people getting in a big environment like that and seeing truly how many people are out there outside of your local area and the right environment as well and the right yeah you don't want to be in the little tournaments where nobody's good but because i mean and, and I mean, he can speak to both sides of it because i mean because he and i talked about it they're they're like you can go to big tournaments that have bad competition. So, but you, if you gravitate, and which is something that ECU um, definitely does, I mean, that's what we target: the right opportunities for the kids to get exposure um, and minimize being exposed. Um, because again, you don't, especially the younger kids, you don't want them to get exposed, and now they're not interested in playing basketball, or somebody has written them off. But you want them to get the right exposure. Without and, a doubt. And you've got to be in the right places to do that. Sweet. What's the difference, as far as you see it, Malik, between the regular high school season and playing AAU? Is there any difference? Or is it all just basketball? Um, like plays and presses. It's more structured basketball. It's not so much of a open gym. Like everything is all IQ. -based. Which one's more structured? High school? high school, yeah. High school is. More, I agree. Especially playing under this guy, like, <laughs> you gotta know what you have to. You gotta know the plays. You have to know where to be, the timing, all that. Versus AAU, where you can just kind of free round. And is your son's name Elijah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did Elijah play? Did you guys play together? Yeah, sweet. And um, was there any? This might be an awkward question, right? But was there ever a time that you felt like he cared more about his son more than the rest of the team, or no? Uh, there was points in times where. We felt like he was being glorified, uh -huh. and it was just as a team. But like, it didn't. It never really like altered my mindset from me going from high school to the next level. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, he was he was helping the whole team. He wasn't just one sided. 
So and at the and also at the end of the day, he did get us both to college. So that's Beautiful. the ultimate goal. No, right? exactly, exactly. And what's your goal now? Now that you've made it to college, because you say that was the ultimate goal back then, but what's the ultimate goal right now? To continue playing at the highest level I can possible, and not even just play to dominate at that level. I don't want to go to yes. this league and play four minutes a game. No points. Like, I want to be able to go there and be an immediate impact to the program and the team that I go to. That's mindset right there. For any of the players out there, it's it's how you approach it, right? Because regardless, you're going to go play the game, right? And so some people are approaching it like, let me just play. Some people are like, I want to be a good player. You're saying, I want to dominate it, right? Which is a mental choice, in my opinion. And then it's not just the day of the game, right? This ties in with what you were saying of what your son did, getting right. with Gannon Baker. It's, it's a you got to make that decision early and start preparing for it if you want to see the fruits of your labor later on, right? You can't show up on game day and be like, I'm going to dominate today. Right. It's making that mental choice early, right? right? Yeah, and, and, like, going back to what, what Malik just said, so um, that, that, that um, they're, they're, I mean, I, I don't disagree with him when, when he says that there was, um, it seemed like Elijah was being glorified. Uh -huh. um, but, but, again, it wasn't internal. Um, that there, there were there were people out there like oh Elijah this Elijah that, but the 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 thing that he knew our coaches knew the players knew was that that um that we I had an assistant coach that did not know Elijah was my son until December <laughs> December that's funny he 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 literally thought yeah, that no, um, that was that's just, awesome yeah, yeah because because he he thought I was just giving this kid a ride every day um because he wasn't treated any different but again well, like I said working with Gannon um oh, that awakening. It, it 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 lit something in him where he he tried to take those steps forward and that got him the recognition that he got. So absolutely. And so Malik, you mentioned your goal is to keep playing at the highest level and dominate. How about you, Dwell, um, on the coaching side? Do you have any coaching goals right now? Um, at, at one point in time, I I considered trying to trying testing my hand at, at collegiate coaching. Uh -huh. um, but, but, but again, I'm, I'm not really, uh, again, that was just an idea. Um, I, think I, I think I'm in love with the process of watching kids develop. Um, like like we, have, we had a kid here um, who he, he just graduated this past year that as a freshman, if you saw him as a freshman, like, uh, well, this will be his last year playing basketball. <laughs> but, but again, um, being around um, the older kids, um, and watching them work, uh, he, he, he adopted. Yeah, he, he adopted that mindset. And I, I'm telling you, if there was a kid who worked harder than his name was Jake Feliciano, if there was a kid in this county that worked harder than Jake Feliciano, I, I w I'd be surprised. Um, again, he he wasn't a he wasn't a, uh, a five star player. He was a five star worker. Work, yeah. Um, and, and 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 watching him go from that that freshman stage to the senior stage and, and watching that that's what I, where I get my pride that's where I get my my uh, it, it is a big source of pride watching from step one to the end uh, of high school watching their growth I, I love it so I always say in the that when we're starting the podcast that I'm gonna mention this and then I always forget but if any players are out there watching any of our podcast episodes and you're just listening on a uh subconscious level you're probably not benefiting as much as you could from these episodes so what i want to do now is if you are a player listening take out a notepad and re-watch this episode and any episode and stuff like what duel just said right there is needs to be written down and highlighted because that's how in my opinion 
you should be approaching the game, right? Is not everybody's going to be the best player, right? And if you look at it as, oh, I'm not the best player, you're going to get discouraged and stuff like that. But you can control being the best worker, right? It's not going to happen overnight. There might be a guy that works harder than you, but you can level up, level up and keep level. Work ethic is a learned trait, in my opinion. It's not something that you either have or don't have, right? It's not like a binary, like yes or no. It's It's a continuum of Maybe your work ethic sucks, but you can build your work ethic just like you can build your skills, right? And so take notes, guys. I think there's been a lot of good stuff shared on here. I think this is a great episode where you guys can get perspective from coaches, players, and if you're just not consciously aware of it, you're not going to get it as much, right? So I have something to add on to note-taking. So I was out there with Elijah when we was working with Gannon, Mm -hmm. like an eight-week course, something like that. Uh And he was also talking about note-taking. Yes. You can pull up and you can be here at the speech, and what are you going to walk away with? You're going to have your memory, and that's not going to be the same key points and details that you just heard. So always keeping a notepad around, even writing in your notes, like on your phone or something like that, to be reminded and be able to go back and reflect and read it later Beautiful. Yep. No, thank you for sharing that. Yep. I, I've met Gannon a handful of times, and every time I'm with him, I probably literally have like seven pages of notes just because every word he says, I'm writing it down. You know what I mean? Because he's somebody in the basketball industry and community that is – you don't do it for however long he's done it with the amount of success that he's had by accident. You get what I'm saying? It's been a, a mental choice from him. He's he's yep. made that decision to be great. And every day he's waking up, pouring into people. And I think it's a thing where he's doing his job and you, the receiver has to do their job. If, if you say, hey, I didn't get results from working out with Gannon or this trainer or my coach sucked or whatever, it's like, well, let's look in the mirror, right? And, and yeah. was it him or was it you, right? right. Because – you could have the best coach in the world, in my opinion, um, but if if you're not perceiving the value that they deliver, there is no value, right? So I have a quote that I like to pass around, which is value delivered or value created but not delivered is still of no value and value delivered but not perceived is still of no value. So if, if you have value and you don't deliver it in the right way, people aren't going to take it, right? And if you have value... Or if the if the delivery is right, but if you're not getting the people to perceive it in the right way, it's still of no value. I like that because what I what I say, take the message. Because I I used to tell them all the time. I'm like I'm you know coaching. I mean when you're in the game, you're everything's amped up. Oh, yeah. So you're gonna you're going to be yelling. No, don't take the delivery. Take the message. Yes. So so if if I'm yelling like I used to tell them, if I'm yelling at you instructions on how to get a million dollars, uh-huh. are you gonna be mad at that? Just take the message. Go, go get Facts. your million dollars. Yep, yep. So uh, don't 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 focus on the delivery. Focus on the message. No, I, li- I like that a lot. That that's huge right there because I, I think there is like there's people that don't necessarily have the best delivery, but they have the the message and right. and then it gets caught up the wrong way. And so there's a balance there, right? Um, Malik, let's talk a little bit about your first year of college basketball. How was your coach there compared to Duell? Was he? Um, well, just it, it, not even a comparison game. How was your coach, your college coach? So Coach Nick is a very thorough and detailed person. He wants everything to be as crisp and as perfect and as on pace as he needs it to be. Like uh-huh. as far as structure, like the plays, he got a lot of old school plays. Even a couple plays we did in our high school, like he does, he like a very old school type of player, a lot of screening roles. And as far as like off the court, he always makes sure that we're on top of our academics because without grades, you cannot play, especially in the college year. Without a doubt, yeah. That and even in high school, I think that's it's overlooked, and yep. it's something that 
you have, again, mental choice, right? You have the choice of, am I going to do good in school so that I have more free time to focus on basketball and XYZ or or not? And then you have to end up getting tutored and all this stuff and you're not able to spend your time on, on your craft. So that's big time right there. Shout out to Coach Nick. Coach Nick, yes, sir. Sweet. And how's living in Minnesota compared to sunny Florida? Frosty. <laughs> it, was, it was snowing in October. Like around my birthday. Yeah. It wasn't even winter yet. I lived in Michigan for a year, and there's a reason why I'm back. The, <laughs> the cold is not for us Florida boys. Are you from Florida originally? Yeah, I am. Yeah? How about you, Duel? Uh, no, I'm from uh, Indiana. Indiana, that's right. Yeah, we the, had it in here. Hoosier State. Yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's right. When I think of big basketball states, I think of New York. I think of Indiana as definitely one of them. Oh, yeah. How was it there growing up playing basketball? Uh, it was, It was. man, I, I can't imagine any other way. I mean, that that's literally all we did. Um <laughs> And then uh, back when I was in high school, like Indiana didn't have classes. So it was one state champion. Oh, I thought you meant you didn't have classes like you didn't have to go to oh, school. No, no. I was like, man, I should move to Indiana. <laughs> no, no, we definitely had classes. But, uh, but no, we, like, um, I think the year after I graduated, they moved to Oh, okay, um, so it was just one open division yep. when you were in high school? Oh, yeah. yeah That's got to be competitive. Yeah, it, no, it, it definitely was. I mean, and we had our, our roadblocks. So um, I think, um, I think like, the, we, we talk about um, paving groundwork. I mean, um, I played for, um, his name was Al Gooden, uh, the first uh, black coach in Indiana to win 500 games. I mean, in my mind, he's a legend. Um, he's a um, Ball State Hall of Famer. Um, but, but playing for him, again, I think that, uh, again, I, I absorbed um, a lot of what he was, what he did. Um, I catch myself sounding like him sometimes. Yes, I um, like that. So, uh, but, but playing for him um, in that one class system um, after after they broke, I mean, his the success that he had, it, it I mean, it went all off the charts. I mean, um, we we had teams that uh, with with kids that came up behind me, they won a state championship. Um, I mean, the like I said, the level of success that that they had after that, that Coach Gooden had after that, I mean, like I said, it, it just went off the charts. Yeah. So um, like I said, he he's uh, he just he just recently retired. Um. Uh, he he just recently called me. He was down in Florida. He, he reached out, so hopefully uh, he'll. I mean, he has some free time now to to come down to Florida, catch a couple of games. But uh, but uh, but yeah. I mean, growing up in Indiana, playing basketball, and and again, we we talk about the cold. I mean, the older I got, the less and less I like cold weather. Again, that's why I'm in Florida. But but during the summer, we were we we played basketball outside. I mean, you you knew what parks to go to um to get the right competition. Um, then when it got cold. Uh, you 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 walk to the Y. I mean, and then you, the you, gym, yeah. you you walk to the on um, the YMCA, and then I mean, you just you just played. Um, and again, you 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 knew when to go. You knew what the competition was like. I'm playing with the old heads. I mean, it's uh, it, it was yeah. Basketball in Indiana is like I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's like none other. And have you been back? When did you move to Florida? Uh, 07. Oh, so, 07. Gotcha. Have you been back to Indiana at all, or do you uh, still? A, a little bit. A little I mean, bit. a couple times I've been back, but uh, always for for um, business reasons, maybe to visit some family real yeah. quick, uh, or funeral. Um, in, in that case, but um, but but yeah, like I said, uh, then now that my Indiana family is kind of dispersed. Uh-huh. Um, I still have some cousins and things there, but um, but a lot of them come down to Florida. So, well, no, I think that's cool though that your coach just reached out to you recently um and that you guys still have a relationship because i i mean i have only been out of high school for less than 10 years but i still have a good relationship with my high school coach i recently had my first baby he had a baby three or four years ago so he's passed me some stuff and it's just to me life is 
there's a million things that life is about, but relationships are one of the things that I cherish the most. Okay. You know what I mean? Somebody told me this once. Um, you don't coach for wins. You coach for wedding invitations. There we go. Yeah, that's huge. Never heard that one. Malik, what? is uh, Coach Fighter going to be invited to your wedding? Yeah. Coach Fighter, Coach Chris, Coach Ray, everybody. There we go. It's coming up soon, right? Nah. Nah? No <laughs> wedding here soon? Nah. nah. You got a girlfriend? Nah. Nah? You focused on basketball in school? Exactly. I like it. Good, yeah, good eyes answer. on the prize. Good answer. I heard Muhammad Ali uh, in an interview. He said, they said, what's the hardest part of your training? He said, staying away from the nightclubs and the girls and all that stuff, which is the truth. You got to stay. There's a million distractions out there. And no matter what part of life you're in, when you're a kid, you got friends that play other sports that want to pull you out or, or go to the movies or this stuff. When you're running one business, there's a million other business opportunities that you got to turn away. When you're coaching, it's it, you got to be able to stay focused and know what your goals are and keep the eyes on the prize. And I think that's something that if kids can develop at a young age, will carry them through oh, yeah. their entire life. So especially young kids in, in high school, um, there, there's, you know, those middle school and early high school years, they're trying to find themselves. There's plenty of distractions. Well, let me go do this that, I, that you don't normally do, or let me go hang out with this person you don't normally hang out with. Like we said earlier, I mean, stay focused, be around people, that are on a mission it, and the same mission as you that's even better thousand percent so let's transition this talk just a little bit um i know that we've been talking basketball a lot but what do you guys like to do besides basketball is there anything that you guys are passionate about outside of basketball i like clothes i have a clothes i have two businesses actually i do a window washing business uh -huh. and i have a shoe flipping business oh sweet so I, I used to be in the shoe game mm, flipping shoes yeah, that was way back when yeah mm -hmm. And how, how are those businesses going? Uh, slow money with the shoes, but the windows, I work whenever I want to. Uh -huh. So it's like, and I get about 45 to 50 an hour. So it's definitely. Oh, yeah. That, no, that's great right there. Only thing is I'm in the sun. So, you know, I'll be shirt off and everything. Man, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or if Florida is actually hotter this summer. But oh, I no. swear the last couple of weeks, oh, yeah. I can't even walk to my car without sweating. Yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been terrible. Yeah, so props to you weeks. for working in the sun. Um, cool. And then on the shoe flipping side, how long have you been doing that? Since eighth grade. So since I was before I was even double digit shoe size, uh -huh. eight or nine shoe size. Have you ever been scammed? No. Somebody uh. almost didn't pay me. <laughs> I knew his family, so it was like not on anything like that. No. But yeah, like I've just reached out to them and be like, hey, he owes pulled me. up to the house and yeah. showed him the boxing skills. Yeah, yeah like come on. <laughs> it was just like one hundred fifty dollars. Like, yeah, try to steal. No, when I was in the shoe game, I was super young and I was growing up in Miami, and it was chaos. And my mom drove me to this mall, Southland Mall, which isn't in the best area of Miami, and uh, but it was the mall with the most stores that was gonna have the Concords coming out and. My mom, I told my mom, wait in the car. And I was only like 13 or 14 at the time, but it was just not a good environment. And I was in this huge mob of people that were crowding the door for the mall to get open. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just nuts. Like that was when I got out of the shoe game because <laughs> I didn't end up getting the shoes. Nobody did. It was like 10 pairs of shoes at each store and there was thousands of people. Oh, wow. And so I think they ended up shutting down the mall and it was just. Not a good time. How about you, Duel? What's uh, your passion besides basketball? Uh, my, my family. I mean, I've, I've got a pretty large family so um, uh, and, and, and growing. So again, I have a 22-year-old who's in college. Uh, um, she played here at Palm Bay. Um, of course, we talked about Elijah. Uh, he's 19 off in, uh, in Kansas City now. Um, then I have two 16-year-old twins. 
um, who go here. Uh, one's a cheerleader. Uh, she cheers, and um, the other one plays football. He plays basketball and football. Oh, okay. But, but he's 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 mainly a football player. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then then we have a, a two year old. Um, so uh, and he is a, a terror. So, oh, I bet. But uh, but no, but then then uh, we're also foster parents as well. So we've been foster parents for, wow. for a long time, and like I, I tell people all the time, like my wife, um, like she was put on this earth to uh, to work with children. Um, if you asked her when she was like eight, nine years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? She would have said a foster parent. Wow. So um, so yeah, so um, from time to time, I come home and there's a, a new face in, in the house. Yeah. Um, there for a few days, maybe even a few weeks. Man, so, that makes um, me get the chills because like there's just so many kids out there that don't have a home or yeah. a good home life. So people that are willing to do that is like, I don't even know. You yeah, know like, what I mean? My like, wife has always supported me in, in everything that, that, that I've done. Um, like I said, even moving to Florida. We, we moved to Florida with four kids, five years old and under, and we didn't know anybody. I, I moved here for the job, but she came here. Um, and, and we moved here. The twins were eight weeks old. So, uh, so I, I mean, she, she was, I, I know she went through it. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I said, I mean, Opening our home to um, for kids, I mean that that that's I mean that, that's like a no brainer. But also supporting her passion and working with kids, uh, I mean I, I mean like I said, she's she's an angel. So no, I just had my first baby nine weeks ago, and I cannot even imagine having twins oh, because wow. well, one is is kind of chaos, but two, <laughs> I I think, but it's one of those things where you just make it happen, right? Just like oh, yeah. anything else in life, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You yeah. figure it out and. That's cool, and clearly, if they're sixteen, it's worked out. So, yeah, yeah. that's sweet. Um, how about you, Malik? You got any um, family that you want to shout out? Any brothers, sisters, mom, dad? Any family that? Definitely, my mom and dad have been with me since when I was boxing. Like just trying to get me out of the house and being active, and that's when I first made my transition into an athlete. So they were definitely my number one supporters from the beginning. Sweet. And are you an only child? No, I have three younger sisters. Sweet. And they all play soccer, track, and a little bit of basketball. You're their big brother. I like that. Yeah. No, and you said getting out of the house, and that's something that sticks with me because I think there's, in today's society, right, there's people that are, are doing things, but there's a lot of people that aren't, and they're not maybe feeling the best, right? They're stuck inside the house watching social media all day, and then they're playing the comparison game. And I think step one is get out of the house, right? Like, I've had people that I've talked to that tell me, like, how do you pump out all this content, and, and how are you all over the place? And it's just like, I just wake up and I, I try to get out of the house within the first 30 minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not going to let myself sit there. And so the fact that your parents instilled that in you and it's worked out, right? You're, you're playing college basketball, you're a respectful kid and everything. So I love it. Is there anything specific you guys want to talk about? I'm getting the, the word that we got to wrap this up here in the next five minutes. Anything that you guys want to touch on for these last five minutes? For upcoming freshmen, preparation and separation is what I use. For example, preparation as in summertime is when you should be putting in work. You're not supposed to wait until you get to college. Oh, coach, help me work on this, that. That's not time for individual work. Summertime is where you do your own grind. Preparation and separation is where, what are you going to do to separate yourself from your peers? So one example of that is when we were doing our open runs or even our conditioning drills, everybody was going to get water. I will make sure to hit three free throws in a row before I even left the court. And that, was, that also reflected into the season as I was leading in free throw percentage and three-point percentage. So definitely preparation and separation for the upcoming freshmen. Keep that in mind. Love it. Dwell? Um, like my biggest saying is that commitment is not a function of convenience. So if, if you're going Ooh, to be a I've part of something, 
Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, I say it one down. more time, please. Commitment is not a function of convenience. Ooh. So if if you if you want to be a part of something, yeah, just be, be committed. Be, committed. be yeah. committed, and don't be committed when when it's convenient for you. Be be committed even when it's inconvenient. So if uh, um pr- practice. Um, oh, Johnny, little Johnny's having a, a birthday party. Well, I got practice. Yeah. So you and and that that in itself is going to show. I mean, it's going to yield so many fruits. Um, for for the success and your development and whatever you're committed to, like I said, it doesn't even have to be sports. But but commitment is not a function of convenience. And the other big thing is, um, and I, I'll tell this: what, what do we play over the loudspeakers over and over and over again? Don't put me on the spot. So <laughs> it, it, so 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 um so because what what we want to do, we want to have a championship mindset here. Uh-huh. Um, so we, we you cannot don't complain about the results that you didn't get. From the work, from the you work did not that you do. didn't do, I love like it. We, we literally an entire practice played that on loop, because they need to understand. And because if you take, um, we're Palm Bay is four A. If you take a snapshot in the future of who wins the four A state championship, our practices need to look like their practices, and it, it's going to have a championship feel to it, a championship um, level of effort and a championship level of focus. That's where we need to start. Um, so don't don't come here and say, oh, I want to do this, but you ain't done nothing for the past few weeks, the past few months. Oh yeah, because you show up to basketball tryouts, you ain't been to conditioning, you ain't been to a summer workout. Don't complain about the results that you don't get from the work you didn't do. Man, that is huge. That that was probably the best wrap up we've had on any podcast episode. And I'm gonna just touch on that right there. I get parents that call me. We're trainers right in the area, and we get parents that call us a week or a month before tryouts, and they're saying. Yeah, I want to get my kid ready for for the basketball season. Or they'll call me the day after tryouts and say, yeah, he said that the coach didn't even look at him. I say, oh, well, was he at all the summer workouts? No. Well, that's why the coach didn't look at him. Right. right? Why was he not at all the summer workouts? So if you're taking notes out there, whether you're a parent or player, if you don't get the result you want, right? Can we say the quote one more time? Don't complain about the results you didn't get from from the the work work you you didn't didn't do. do. Bang. All right. And that's a wrap for today's episode here on the 90% podcast. Thank you guys, Malik and Duell. This has been a blast. Um, we'll yeah, have to do it again you. sometime. Absolutely. And um, any last final words? I mean, I know we kind of wrapped it up right there. No, good. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, Fast Phenom Training, 90% podcast on the YouTube channel. If you're enjoying these episodes, send me a text if you know me personally or let us know. Five-star review. We appreciate your support. Shout out to my man, Zach, athletic visuals behind the camera. If you're in Central Florida and you need any media work, photography, videography, anything, hit up Zach Martinolich, athletic visuals on the gram. Appreciate everybody. Thank you. We're out.